0: Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies. Welcome to another episode of Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies. Now this is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology and makes it a reality. We do that. We are The Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J.
1: Glenn. With me, physics phenom, Dr. Michael Dennett. Dan, great to be here. I'm very excited about this episode. I know we just wrapped up and solved the problems of Groundhog Day, the movie, but I feel like this episode is going to bring some new insights into that movie. Maybe we'll even go back and revisit that.
0: Well, I hope so, because that really is the theme of the movie we're going to talk about, Tenant is going forwards and backwards in time. But that gets a little confusing, and before we dive right into that, we have to talk to our enigmatic engineer, Ben Siebser. Ben, where are you broadcasting from this week?
2: You know, I've, I'm here on the Mediterranean coast, and I've been tracking some strange radiation signatures that seem to be leading to a very, very fancy yacht that's anchored offshore. Holy cow. Now, do you feel like there's some, some suspicious activity going on there? It seems like multiple copies of the same person are coming on and off the boat. Uh-oh.
0: Well, I think that that deserves a sufficient investigation, and I think we're here to do that because obviously you're talking about the movie Tenant, which is about, w- without doing any spoilers, guys, I want you to commit right now to not do too many spoilers or to try to avoid them, but we have to talk about the what I think is a very new and incredible kind of uh, f- phenomenon that they talk about, which is taking matter and inverting it, meaning you're sending it backwards through time so that it is going, that instead of going forward, it's experiencing it like you hit the rewind button and in real time going backwards through time. Kind of a heady concept, and and I got to tell you, I, I watched this movie twice, the first time I think... Even if I'm being generous, I think I got about two-thirds of, of all the concepts and full understanding. Watched it a second time with subtitles. I think I'm at 90%, but I got to know where you guys are with this. Ben, how are you in understanding this, percentage-wise?
2: You know, I, I think the first time, it felt I felt good. I felt like 75 80%. And then I watched it again, and I think it raised even more questions than it answered things. And I think I went down to like 60,
0: 65%. You, your understanding was inverted through watching the movie. I think backwards. so. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair and it's understandable. I don't want you to feel bad about that. Then,
1: where were you with understanding this? So, Dan, for me, it's actually quite easy. I'm very good at accepting things without understanding them so that I actually understand them. And that's really where I was with this movie. So I'm going to put myself at 100%, even if this explanation is not understandable to everyone. Well I, that was uh, that was an incredible monologue and
0: I believe that was written by Christopher Nolan himself. It was sufficiently confusing and but yet also very insightful then and so that makes me believe that you did understand this way more than Ben and I and we're going to need your help because the first thing we're going to talk about here and probably I think the main concept of this movie is the idea of inverting matter. So taking an object locally like a bullet is the first thing that we see and you know, we see you know we see a a piece of stone with bullet holes in it and the main character called the protagonist he can somehow get those bullets to go backwards into time into his gun this happens at the local level it's just in the bullets that's what gets inverted and i think we have to understand the rules for this and i think it relates to individual objects being inverted sent backwards in time dan and you are the first person to talk about
1: that with your mastery not only of this movie but of physics in general. so dan this is great I love the physics in this movie, um, both where it's really good and where it's really bad. And But it, the heart of this is this entropy idea and thermodynamics. And the reason this movie works so well for me is I'll never forget thermodynamics being taught to me and described as the one area of physics where you can prove almost any false concept true um, without realizing it. Because the subject itself is sufficiently both logical and confusing – which actually describes the movie very well. So it's all captured here together. But the core is we talk about entropy as the arrow of time. And we always, when we teach this stuff, we're always showing movies of things like cups breaking or bullets being fired and shattering glass. And everybody understands which way is forward and which way is backwards in time. And the movie takes that classic teaching moment and takes it seriously and says, if you reverse the entropy, it's like running the movie back. And that's the core premise here. So we can start talking about what's good and bad and actual and real about that. But you, I thought nailed the key idea here, Dan. It's the bullet going backwards or forwards in time like a rewind button. And I think that's great, Dan. And one of the
0: things I want to see here is – this is supposedly triggered by radiation, and I don't know where that kind of fits in, but Ben, what do you think about the, concept, the physics concepts and this idea of radiation being the trigger?
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, they, they talk a little bit about how uh, the, the, the objects that have been inverted have, are undergoing reversed entropy where their thermal di- their thermodynamic properties are all inverted. So the gravity's wrong, the frictions wrong, everything's wrong. I guess in a way we could see that as being something to do with radiation, although not the not the typical alpha, gamma, beta rays that we're used to in our world. I think it's got to be something a little more exotic where we're changing the spins of the more Underneath uh, objects and underneath objects, are you talking about like quarks or like quarks and other particles? Yeah.
1: And Dan, actually, I would go a different direction with this. Um, just in terms of the answer, Ben's exactly right. That radiation, as they talk about it, that's one of I think the weak points of the physics. Um, radiation is fun to blame everything on. Everyone kind of understands what radiation is. But what's interesting about entropy? is it's fundamentally about how all the particles together behave. It's how the collection, and entropy doesn't make sense for single particles. So changing something at that fundamental microscopic level is not really the issue, because if I go down to the level of quarks or electrons, they always are going forward and backwards in time equally, because entropy doesn't make sense for a single incredibly small particle. So it has to be something with the collective, Um, and it could be radiation in the sense of a new field um, that you might think of as radiation, but it's a very different and weird concept if you're going to reverse entropy.
0: Okay, that that makes sense. Well, let me ask you this, because this is another, this is really the core concept of the, the movie, the plot line. If you reverse the arrow of time, is it possible to trigger an extinction-level event? I was a little confused
1: how that worked. The bottom line answer is almost definitely yes. Um, it's interesting how here they focus on Keep talking about the reversing the arrow of time, where fundamentally, I think, if you reversed entropy, you would just still move forward in time with everybody else, but your behavior would look very different. Instead of spontaneously breaking, you would spontaneously fix, but in a forward in time type way.
0: I, that was one of the things that I thought was a little confusing, but one of the things I actually really liked about this movie, and in some ways this has to do with my love of psychic phenomena, right? right? Like, so my I, I love fringe ideas, fringe topics, you know this, Denon. And one of the things I thought was really cool here is when they're in the lab and he's, you know, the protagonist is first introduced to these inverted pieces of, of material, this, this matter, specifically the bullets, he's able to, when a bullet is lying on, on a table... He's able to reverse gravity, right? Like he's able to act like he dropped it, and then turn his hand up, and then the bullet, because it was it was in its. I don't really know how this works, but the bullet thought it was dropped, and therefore it goes back into his hand. What, what I like that, what I liked about that is instead of having this cause and effect relationship that we're used to, where you do something and then there's an effect. What I like this is he has to really feel his way through all of the physical properties of the universe and in some ways that really felt like psychic how i've how i've heard psychic phenomenon being kind of described and in a way if you don't know the trajectory or reverse trajectory of an object you kind of have no choice but to feel your way through the situation what do
1: you think about that Denon? you know i think that's really uh right on ben, ben. no you're dan that's I'm really the, right. i'm the analytical mastermind daniel j glenn for those make sure you haven't forgotten that dennis so i I may have just moved sideways in time there for a moment. Sorry, Dan. So, no, that's right on. And I think the interesting thing there, that's one of the weird moments when they're in that room explaining the physics. Um, As Ben mentioned earlier, if you reverse entropy, you're probably going to reverse things like friction because that's a collective behavior that depends on entropy. You're not going to reverse gravity. Um, That was an error. We'll just have to be upfront with that right away. But when you talk about like the motions of things – you know, when you let go of a bullet and drop it, um, it might spontaneously go back somewhere else, which would be into your hand. And this idea of feeling your way through it is fascinating to me because somehow, right, when we talk about entropy, we're talking about probabilistic events. And fundamentally, things that are very unlikely never happen, and that's why things move, quote, forward in time. So if they had talked a little bit more about kind of creating the least likely thing to happen, then that feeling your way through becomes an interesting idea. Like you're kind of imagining, well, what's the least likely thing? Well, there's a lot of really unlikely things. How do I get the one I want to happen, which is the bullet jumping into my hand? So it's really an interesting manipulation of probabilities that I think is going on here.
2: Yeah, we've talked about stuff like this with uh, like quantum waves before, where you can theoretically have teleportation by having something just improbably the wave function collapse and you're now across the universe like it's technically possible from a quantum standpoint just so unlikely but if that entropy is reversed all of a sudden what is what is unlikely in a forward time now because that object's traveling in the other direction its entropy now can do things like that that are improbable
0: I like that. That's really cool. And I think this this gives us a great segue into the physical properties of the world. So once you're inverted, right? Like we all know the physical properties of the world, uh, or at least to some degree, right. but but when it's inverted, like you said gravity would be reversed. Well why is everyone not floating away? You know. Um but but in that respect I did love the idea of the reversal of thermodynamics and when the one guy gets kind of, when he gets blown up in a gas displo- explosion he says you may be the first person to be, get hypothermia from a from an, an explosion, you know. And I thought that was kind of fun. But I don't think this is how things would work. So it seems like There are a very unique set of rules, like what they say would happen
1: and then what would actually happen. Then what did you think about that? You're right. There are some good ones. I actually think the hypothermia one may actually work out. Um, But since I didn't get my highest grades in thermodynamics, I don't want to go definitive there. Um, But that is the definition of entropy tells us how heat flows. And entropy says heat flows from hot to cold. So when you're in an explosion, that's hotter than you, so you get the heat. If I reverse entropy, heat's going to flow from cold to hot. And since the explosion's hotter than the person, they'll just get colder as their heat flows from cold to hot. So that's a great one. I love that. I also love friction and air resistance going backwards because that's fundamentally sort of a collective probabilistic event. So driving the car was one of my favorite scenes. Um, because I do think if you're reversed and your entropy is reversed, that's going to be hard. Like like you said, Dan, we see no evidence of anyone floating away. Confirmation that when, the, when it was explained that gravity is reversed, it really isn't reversed. Uh, I do wonder – and I think actually the other one that shows up is apparently it's very hard to breathe when you're reversed. And I think that makes sense too because a lot of what we breathe – has to do with the air getting across our lungs, which has to do with differential pressures and the way molecules behave thermodynamically in that moment. So just like heat flows a certain way, gas diffuses a certain direction, and the gas would probably diffuse in a backwards way. And so you want backwards diffusing gas as well. So the breathing apparatus, driving your car, and freezing in an explosion were my favorite three things. Well, now, so if I'm understanding that correctly, wouldn't that mean that your, your,
0: if it was reversed, wouldn't your lungs explode instead of go? Like, wouldn't air come out of your
1: body instead of going into it? Right, unless you're using the reversed air, where everything is going backwards. So the reversed air does reverse osmosis. So I think you're okay.
2: No, I think. Well, I mean, you breathe in and out. So I think that that part just ends up being backwards, but. The, they, they specifically say that reversed, or normal air can't get through a reversed, it can't go through your, um, I mean, it's alveoli are the little structures inside your lungs. Like, I think Denon nailed it there that it, the, the properties of the oxygen migrating across your cell walls just does not work. In, the, uh, in reverse.
0: <laughs> well, you know, one of the things, and I think that's a good point, Ben, because one of the things, uh, so I guess if you were breathing out, it would feel like you're breathing in. And if you're breathing in, it would feel like it was breathing out.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. It probably always goes right. backwards, but it all has to be using reversed air. You yeah. got to be real careful. Okay, you gotta have reversed air. If you can't, you can't even
0: breathe it at all. But I will tell you this, the thing that kind of struck me is how quickly, I don't care how skilled the protagonist is, I know he's a top level CIA guy, you know, doing all that stuff, able to drive a car, you know, I understand he's got the skill set necessary to do the job. But when things are reversed and you've got friction, you know, aerodynamics, all that's reversed, I don't know if you guys have ever played video games, but when I was a kid, I would play flight simulator games. And normally, with a controller, if you push up, you move your little guy up. And if you move down, he moves down. Whenever you would play flight simulator games, to move the airplane, when you push down, then the nose would go up. Everything was reversed. And I gotta tell you, it took a long time to get used to that. And if I cannot imagine that his first time into an inverted world, he's able to drive a car backwards on a major highway so proficiently. I had a real
1: problem with that. Denon, what do you think about that? You know, that may be true. I I have to admit his his ability to learn quickly, but he is the protagonist, Dan, and he is awesome. So, you know, uh, I, I, I think you're right on that that was a little unbelievable, but let's face it, there were a few unbelievable things in the movie. So we have to kind of go with that maybe. Okay, all right. Cut him a break is what you're saying. Right. Uh, well, or, or either that, or cut the movie writers a break. I'm not sure who needs the break. <laughs> Someone needs a break, and I'll I'll be the one that gives it to
2: them. I, I think in some ways they made it too complicated. This inversion, like they didn't have to say, well, certainly gravity isn't backwards. We've already established that because things aren't floating. But uh, or I guess in some ways th- they are backwards because you, when you drop, you're really lifting as viewed i think in some ways you have to to take the inversion in some ways from the frame of view of the uninverted because they're describing gravity as backwards but it's only backwards to a person in the normal reference frame and so i think it it's similar with friction and these other things where i think they kind of still work kind of the same way they certainly work between inverted matter uh like uh you know you're your inverted uh, breathing suit probably feels on your skin exactly like a normal breathing suit would feel on your normal skin. So I I think in some ways it's observer dependent too.
0: I actually, I love that explanation because then it actually gives a deeper level to the movie. It's all about perspective. It may not be gravity reversing. It may be how you view gravity behaving Ergo, you have to adjust your behavior because it's not going to do the things that you are used to it doing in the right order. Does that kind of make sense?
2: Exactly. It, it's like there, there's one fight where the the protagonist is fighting an inverted person and the inverted person's like doing all these uh, cool flips and things, but they're you know, the, the videos it's backwards. It's 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 filmed in reverse. And it's this really trippy thing where one person's doing things the right way and the other person's doing things the wrong way really messes with your mind
0: (laughs) yeah that that was a really crazy scene i like that a lot um now so one of the things here and and you guys got to set me straight on this is when so when an item so let's say the bullet okay just take this for example if the bullet is moving forward in time and then gets reversed and gets it gets inverted it goes backwards in time okay does the bullet just disappear from going forward in time, then, and then U-turn on the you know on the fabric of space-time, and then go backwards and retread a new step? How how
1: then and how would that work exactly? Well, that becomes the part that you just sort of have to accept and not understand, Dan. But I think the tricky thing there is like the bullet is an inverted bullet, right? So they only, once they're inverted, they only do things backwards from normal. And that's the part I think that's always hard to wrap your head around because it's not like you can shoot a bullet, invert it, because it takes a device to invert it, and then it goes back into your gun. It's a weird thing that if you have an inverted bullet, it, it somehow magically has to be in the broken thing, and what it does is you see shattered glass... And then the bullet sucks into your gun, and then the shattered glass heals. So it's just a fundamentally different thing. There's no U-turning in time. What we see is very large objects like people that have an interesting behavior where they get inverted. And you see them, because they're conscious, experiencing everything, and they move physically backwards through time. So I I don't quite, for the unconscious, simple objects like bullets – Um, that get inverted, and then you get to use as weapons. It's a little harder to understand because there's no moment in which they're fired, then you gather them all up, invert them, and then suddenly you get to pick when they come back. Does that make sense? It
2: should. (laughs) It makes sense in my head.
1: It's a good way to explain it, and I think we may have an answer when we talk about the
0: technology. Ben, did you have something?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, but from the point of view, if you're looking at it backwards— Isn't the inverted bullet just a bullet that's in a guy's gun who took the gun with him through the inversion?
1: Well, they actually claim they make inverted bullets, right? So there's some bullets that are inverted in a gun that's inverted with a guy that's inverted that get fired backwards.
2: Oh, right. And then there are
1: some bullets that are just inverted bullets that do things backwards.
2: Right, because he's catching inverted bullets in a normal gun. While he's normal. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. So
1: there, there's some really interesting interactions. It really gets to, I think, Ben, this idea of interactions, which I think Dan's going to want us to talk about.
2: Yeah. Here's the 85 going down to the 65 again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's great.
0: And then that's a perfect segue. It's exactly what I want to talk about next is this interaction between the inverted and the verted. Can I say that? Uh, the inverted and the regular. I'm going to call them verted because I kind of like that. Uh, and, and what I what was a fun kind of idea, the way they explain this in the movie was how a positron is an electron moving backwards. I think that was Wheeler and Feynman who gave this. I'm going to put up a, an article on the website about their, their theories behind this. But I like this as a starting point and and at least in some ways, it gives some
1: level of explanation. I mean, is it pretty solid that way, Denon? Unfortunately, this is another example of great physics used incorrectly, which is what I love about this movie, is this mixture of correct physics used incorrectly. It is certainly true that one way to understand the positron is as an electron moving back in time. Positrons and electrons are the matter and antimatter particles. And if they touch, they annihilate. So it gives a great tension Right. For the film to say that the people who are inverted, if they touch the people who are averted, they explode. So I love that feature. However, the arrow of time associated with entropy um, and the core premise of the movie has to do with how just simply how a collection of things behave, not whether they're matter or antimatter. That is another cool thing you could imagine is a whole separate movie where you're turning people into antimatter um which would be equally challenging to figure out how you never touch anything then but i do love the idea and it does lead to some very interesting moments um, in the film, and some nervousness for the protagonist because he can't touch a, his his self that's going forward in time.
0: Well, and I think that that's a really interesting point because you know, as you mentioned, he's not really anti protagonist he's not verted protagonist, an inverted protagonist, and ergo, like if a if a if a positron connected with an electron, it would annihilate and you know, and explode in a, in a ball of energy. And so, what you're saying is that individual matter, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's his positron
1: or just a positron, right? Yeah, exactly. If, if you're talking matter antimatter stuff, all electrons and positrons are the same. Okay, and so, but this is a, an interesting
0: engineering question, Ben, because if you're going, if you're, if you're averted person and you get inverted, what would your suit have to look like to protect yourself? I mean, is it as simple as you just can't touch yourself? And I know these are probably the movie rules versus the real rules, but what did you think about that level of protection of going back in time to make or going back through time to make sure you don't annihilate yourself?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I get it's interesting first to think about: are there people who are normally inverted, (laughs) where that's their that's their standard, like the natives, like their native state is inverted? Yeah, uh, because that would be a whole whole different world. (laughs) Um, I think the simple thing the simple thing here is that the the suit is normally uh, is normally is a normal verted suit, and the. And you are a normal verted person in the suit and you're now inverted. And so now the only interaction you have with the world as you're inverted is just air on the suit. And I do actually wonder if maybe there's some sort of uh, reaction going on between the normal air and the suit and that the suit maybe is being whittled away and that you actually can't, um, you know, stay in that state for very long. It does to some degree seem like there's a limit to how long you can spend inverted, because, I mean, we, we don't see people, it doesn't seem like we see people spending more than that a huge amount of time going back in time, at least not um, walking around in the world. You know, when they spend a week going back in time, they're in like a shipping container. And I think that shipping container is probably much better armored for existing in this backwards travel. Yeah, I do like how Ben had did um,
1: explain that, Dan. And I like that idea, because there is a sense, if it's different than matter-antimatter, which I contend it is, I go back to the idea earlier of probabilities. I think you're at most risk when you touch, you know, matter that you're the same matter that's verted and inverted, because now you have things that are fundamentally the same collection of objects. Individual electrons, I can't tell the difference about. Large collections of things, I can tell the difference, and you've got one that's following a certain rules of probability, and the other's following a completely different rules of probability, that's probably going to be problematic. Individual air molecules, low density, interacting with the electrons at the edge of your suit that are different things, they may be less susceptible to this change in probability behavior and have a limited lifetime but last longer. So I really like how Ben approached that from the engineering design point.
0: What well, also tells you just how dangerous and, and kind of harsh this world is if it's slowly whittling away the suits by these small little interactions. I mean, it, it, I feel like that's how physical the physical world would work because they're not supposed to be inverted. They're not supposed to be going back that way. And I think nature would naturally rebel against it. Uh, I don't have any real proof for that, but that just feels like how it would be. (laughs) Um, Now, one of the things we've got to talk about here is the technology of this, right? So how do we invert things? We see, you know, a turnstile in the, what they call a turnstile in the movie, where you can go in and you kind of go around like a little carousel, like a little, um, what do they call this, Lazy Susan, and then you end up in, you know, in the
1: inverted world. Uh, How would this, how would this kind of work? What's the physics behind this, Denon? Well, this is a really tricky one. And so the individual inverting, I think, in this movie is way more problematic than the global inverting. So I'm glad you gave us the hard problem first, because then we can go backwards to the easy problem. Um, It's really interesting, because to me, it's about changing the probability of what a A particular state has. So in physics, one of the interesting things is we assume all states are of equal probability. And it just turns out that the number of ways you can be disordered is way more than the number of ways you can be ordered. And therefore, things move to higher entropy. So you have to figure out a way as you move through this turnstile to change probabilities. You're basically making weighted dice. And so it's an interesting physics question as sort of what element an aspect of physics controls the weighted dice Now we know how to do that actually in a weird way. We add energy into systems and make them non-equilibrium. So just real quickly if you heat fluid like a pan of oil from below on your on your stove, you will spontaneously make ordered structures that would never occur if you just waited and never heated it. So I'm wondering if there's something like that where there's a, a, a you know some sort of grading of energy po- placed across these things that changes the fundamental probabilities and that might be where the radiation idea comes in well and i think that that makes a lot of sense because if you were to harness that, if you were to go that way, Ben,
0: I'm, I'm looking at you here because I think you can help solve the actual structure. And what I like about how they do it in the movie is you have, you know, they've essentially created like a barrier. And one of the ways there's like a glass barrier and you you go in one side, you, you go through the turnstile and you end up on another side for the inverted world. How I think that that's actually a brilliant way to design one of these. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really imp- you. You want some sort of airlock kind of situation so that you don't end up uh, interact accidentally interacting with your past uh, self. Or, yeah, your or your future self, your future self moving backwards. Both. Uh, it's both. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so this idea of having kind of a a two way road where you're not uh, you're not interacting, you're not for you're you're actually. Prevented from interacting with your your other self, I think that's very smart and a good engineering uh, uh, design. And I think t- towards the end, when we see like the the mass uh, army going through this uh, bigger one, where it wasn't even that; it was kind of like a linear um, turnstile, like at a Disney World or something, where you're you know you're wa- you know they're walking through in a line <laughs> right. and coming out the other side of the building, and you know they never see each other.
0: Yeah, that is that is a fun design. I like that. And I also like the idea that you don't go into the turnstile unless you see yourself come out of it. But I don't know what would happen between going into it. Like,
2: would you get lost in the turnstile? I have no idea what that means. I think this is one of those kind of time travel things where you just kind of have to accept that everything that happens has that it happened already is going to happen no matter what you do. And so by seeing yourself coming out, that kind of gives you a hint about when you should go in. But in reality, if you didn't see it, it doesn't matter because it was going to happen anyways. Right. And I think that's the theme <laughs> of the movie for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I do like it as a basic safety feature. Sure. Um, you know, that I can check that this is going to work and then I go do it. Um, and I know that I've actually decided to do it because I see myself come out. It is interesting that for that moment in time, well, there's lots of moments in times where there's two of you. But it is interesting that you can come out slightly before you go in.
2: There, there's moments in time where there could be infinite amounts of you, which is what's yeah. really interesting. You could keep going back and forth between the same device um, and make a lot of copies of yourself.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting piece because you can kind of zigzag through the same two weeks, which I think then, and this is what you were alluding to with Groundhog Days, you can kind of go backwards and forwards through time and experience the same day, the same hour, the same, you know, whatever time frame you want, just zigzagging through time. I know. It's a
1: really weird way that this could end up working. Um but they do actually talk about some interesting things about how injuries in one direction can only heal if you're going that way. So when you if you get a reversed injury, you got to heal it reverse or a forward injury, you have to heal it forward. So I wonder if you do it too many times over the same time period, if that totally messes with the body's healing dynamics in a way that um, may lead to premature death. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I would imagine that the physical effects on your body when you're
0: inverted would be – in kind of the same ways when you know when you're in space when you're in outer space the lack of gravity has kind of weird adverse effects on your body i think it's probably the same thing well
2: that's interesting dan but i'm also wondering do you kind of like benjamin Button while you're inverting because are you going to de-age instead of age you know there's there's a whole thing like is that is that is that the limit to how long you can spend inverted and that you'll become too young and you'll kind of de-age into nothingness well, th-
0: I mean, that's a, you know, now you're talking about, I-, I mean, Beverly Hills would be the first to jump on commercializing that, you know, everyone wants to re- everyone wants to take a couple of those wrinkles. I know God knows I would be, I'm looking at myself right now get, get rid of you through crow's feet, but I, you know, that's a really interesting question. I was going to bring up Benjamin Button. Um, you know, you're the Benjamin, so th- that <laughs> seems perfect that you would mention it. And I-, I love that idea. I think that's a great concept. And that may be one of the the side effects.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. It's. It's, it's a very strange thing, is do you age or not when you're going backwards?
1: Well, this, this is why I think fundamentally, Dan, the, as much as I love the and the concept, you don't actually end up going back in time. You locally get younger and younger moving forward in time. So as much as I love this as a method of time travel, I think ultimately – The physics would be you're always going forward, you're just getting older and younger. So it's maybe more a tool for immortality than going backward in time.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, ultimately, I think I would believe that you have a finite path and your body is going to age. And let's say you've got 40 years. If you want to spend that forty years zigzagging over the same two-week time period, you're still your body's still only going to last forty years. It doesn't matter. So going backwards and forwards in time, I don't think. I mean, we're talking about reverse entropy, so I could be totally wrong here, but I would imagine that nature would probably put some kind of complete stop on that. Um, but we're never going to know because we're not going to go backwards and forwards in time, not yet anyway. But if we wanted to, I think the thing that we would need is this algorithm that they talk about because this is the this is really the key to going backwards and forwards in time, and what I thought was really interesting you know we talk about a lot of algorithms now that's a very popular term in the world you know I remember growing up and learning it in math class I'd never heard the word before and now I feel like I say it at least two or three times a day especially when we talk about artificial intelligence but what they do that's unique in this movie is they create a real hard copy you know you think of algorithms as, as a is a computation as a list of if this then that's kind of and in this they have this piece of equipment that's hidden around the world that they're looking for uh, I kind of like this concept and at end, I I like, this is one of your favorite things in the movie.
1: No, I loved it. I love the idea of making a mechanical device that's an algorithm. It feels very analog, it feels very much like an analog computer. Um, I'm real curious, you know, Ben, if you feel there's any cool, like, design principles here and why it is that. This, it's almost like having hieroglyphics and clay tablets of ancient, you know, Sumeria or Egypt versus what we do now, where we actually just write code in, in, in the computer and it's all digital. Um, but you're exactly right, Dan. One of my favorite aspects of the movie is what would a physical algorithm be?
2: Well, first of all, I just love the chunky pieces uh, that make up this algorithm. Like that just looks fun to twist and untwist and put, put together and take apart. Uh, it looks like it just looks like it was a fun prop to play with. Beyond that, I think what's really interesting is that it, you know, an algorithm doesn't have to be code, right? An algorithm is just a procedure to follow, and so this this object could just be some sort of procedure that the world is following manifested into this device, and it doesn't have to be a piece of code. It could be, you know, something that tells all of the you know, all the atoms in the universe, how to invert themselves. Well, I mean,
0: I thought it was, a, it was just a really fun idea. You don't normally see things like that. I mean, we're really into a lot of analog technology now. It's very retro. And I, I just love that they kind of made that as a real thing that was sent back from the future. Uh, but, you know, we, we've we kind of covered a lot of this stuff. We've reached, arrived at one of my favorite parts of our show, which is our errors, additions and omissions section. Things we want, want to
1: talk about, but we're not going to, but sometimes we do. Dennis did you have anything for tenant that we missed? I do have at least one, maybe two. I, I don't know how I'm counting since I'm entropy reversed. But uh, the, one thing I loved is we mentioned it right. We have a turnstile and an algorithm. Turnstile reverses individual things. Algorithms reverse the entire you know universe and environment. The turnstile's big. The algorithm's small. I love that flip symmetry there. That to change everything in the world, you just use this really teeny little device that a person can carry around under their arm. Um, To change something small, you need this really huge turnstile to send it through. So that was a fun piece for me. Um, And I just have to say, I said it earlier, I'll say it again, it's the mixture of super awesome, really accurate, cool physics, then used in really, really bizarre ways that are probably totally wrong, um, just made me feel like I was back in a thermodynamics class as an undergrad with that same feeling of understanding and confusion loved having that experience again.
0: And that's coming from a guy who completely understands quantum physics. So that tells you how difficult thermodynamics can be, uh, if you're looking to, to go into that as, as a young kid out there. Uh, ben, what did you, is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about?
2: Yeah, so there's a, there's a few things. So well, first of all, the the whole, I think we, we kind of uh, teased it, the whole, why would the earth be annihilated if you re- in, inverted the whole thing? And in my mind, that just kind of makes sense. Like, if you somehow put a field around, like if you put the whole Earth in a turn inside a turnstile, and but it didn't actually physically move, it would immediately be occupying its own space and just annihilate. Like that to me, just that works perfectly. Uh, the bullet thing, I think. I, I think I through th- thinking it through again. I think actually the bullets make sense again because if you send a whole bullet back in time inverted. Then you have it in your gun and it unshoots itself. But according to the bullet, it, it was unshot and then it now is going backwards in time, shot forever. So I think, I, I think that works. <laughs> I just gl- I'm glad that you've arrived back at understanding. So
0: you were at 80, you went down to 60, I said something, I think you went down to 50, now you're back up to 80. I think 80. I'm back
2: up to 80 again. I, I think so, <laughs> <laughs> I think you are. And then finally, I really, I also always get distracted by the shiny stuff. So we saw a lot of gold bars in that airplane during the heist, and I, I had to ask myself, can, that, can an 747 even lift that? And those bars would only actually weigh 40,000 pounds. So you could actually put three pallets of gold bars in a 747 because a 747 can lift 118,000 pounds. But the other issue is that would be like $1.05 billion worth of gold. And so I'm worried about the level of security this uh, company had for that level of, uh, of a shipment.
0: What, three guys on a plane? <laughs> yeah, at <laughs> <if about>. that. <laughs> I do love that you brought it out to the hundredth place. Is yes. that uh, that's as
2: accurate as you could get? Uh, well, we could go further, but, uh, (laughs) it's good. Yeah current spot price today, of course. <laughs> right, of course, of course, of course, because so that, that changes
0: hourly, actually. Uh, a couple of things that I really liked, you know, we didn't talk about the bungee cord scenes, how they get into this building. That is my favorite, clearly inspired by a Wiley e. Coyote cartoon, because those things look like an Acme rubber band, or even a Roadrunner strength slingshot, and and I just, I love that way of getting in and out of the building. Uh, you know, they mentioned secret cities. It's kind of, it's not briefly mentioned, but it's, those are real things, you know. I'm going to put up an, an article on the website about these Gigantic empty cities in China. Uh, it's just a weird thing to see when you, you're looking at like a metropolis-sized city that's completely empty. Um, you know, Michael Caine is in this movie. I love Michael Caine. He's only in one scene and he's eating the entire scene. I just thought that was a little odd. I, you Normally, you don't have actors eating through a whole scene. And I love that global warming is the reason why they're going back in time because I feel like if this was possible or if it is possible or if it's going to happen, that's exactly why people would be going back in time because of global global warming for sure. Uh, now if we've forgotten anything we've covered a lot but this is a very heady movie you can get in touch with us at the show we're on twitter at f triple pod we're on facebook at f triple but if you want to ask us individual
1: questions we are all on social media Denon where can people find you well people can find me by just reversing my name on twitter and instagram I'm at Denon Michael but if they want to find me on facebook they got to add the prof in there at prof Denon Michael
2: Ben where
0: can people find you
2: you can find me on all the major social media networks at Seepser. How do you spell that? B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R. And I can be
0: found on Twitter at Daniel J. Glenn on Facebook at analytical mastermind and on instagram at the daniel j glenn now remember if you stumble across the ability to travel backwards and forwards in time i know this is a lot of fun but please refrain from triggering an extinction level event and destroying the entire human race that would certainly make you a supervillain, and of course we want you to be a superhero so until next time thank you for listening fascinating gadgets gizmos and gear based technologies is a glenn co-production and is produced by me daniel j glenn the fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, if you like the show, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? The good news is we're on all the major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and now Spotify. If you're not already on those platforms, don't worry. We have made it very easy for you. Go to our website, F triplegbt.com that's f triplegbt.com where you will find links to everything you're looking for all the subscribe buttons at the bottom of the page links to our social media are right there and if you go to the top of the page you'll see a little button that says episodes click on that and go to your favorite episode There you can find the show in its entirety. You can find the links that we talked about, the in real life examples that we brought to you, including videos. And of course, we've got each episode has its own YouTube video. You can watch it there if you prefer. And if you like this show, you're gonna like everything that I do. Go to danieljglenn.com to find out more. Thank you for listening.